0: Hello and welcome to this week's Deeper. It's great to have you joining me as we look a little more deeply at the passage from Sunday morning. Um, This week we were looking at John chapter 4 verses 27 to 42. So why don't you pause the video, take a look at the passage, maybe read it in one or two translations and then come back. Great. So hopefully you've been able to take a look at the passage. We are going to chunk it down a little bit today. So we're going to have a look, uh, sometimes at just a verse, sometimes at a few verses. But I'll tell you what we're looking at at each point. So we're continuing on with this fascinating interaction between Jesus and a woman, Samaritan woman, that he meets at the well. And last week, um, Steve spoke to us about how Jesus opens up the conversation with her asking a question and this week we're looking a little bit more at her response at the story she tells um, and how they interact with one another and draw other people into that conversation. So um, for many people this this story combined with the story um, about Nicodemus that comes before this and um, a sort of an indication that John is wanting to to develop something about Jesus' intention to um, restore all people to himself. So it's a sort of starting to widen the picture from just speaking um, to the people of Israel to speaking to people who are on the edges or who are outside of that community who Jesus is drawing into the kingdom of God and opening up um, the truth to. So um, that what we're going to explore a little bit more today. So looking first then at verse 27, um, the disciples rejoin Jesus. So right at the beginning of this story, way before uh, this, we, we see that Jesus sends off the disciples to go and get some food for their journey. They're travelling um, between back to Galilee and um, and Jesus sends them off to get some food. And when they return, uh, they find him sitting at the well talking to this woman. Um, and it, the scripture tells us that no one asked, what do you want? No one spoke to the woman and no one asked Jesus, why are you talking to her? Um and so we kind of get this, this slightly strange interaction where Jesus has been talking to her and the disciples come back Um And we can sort of assume a little bit that perhaps that um, they don't ask these questions because they're getting used to Jesus being a bit unusual. Jesus breaks all kinds of cultural taboos talking to people uh, who would have otherwise been excluded. Um, But actually in Scripture, we see that much later on than this, they're still asking those questions. They're still struggling with Jesus doing that. It's much more likely, in fact, that... um, for lots of Jewish men, certainly for lots of Jewish rabbis, they just wouldn't have spoken very much to women at all. Even their own wives, they didn't really consider it a good use of their time um, to be speaking with women. And so perhaps the disciples are just trying not to fall into the same trap um, by getting into this conversation alongside Jesus. And. Um, Whatever it is that's going on, this is something quite outside of their experience. They're quite surprised to find Jesus doing this um, and they don't really join in very much with the interaction. And then as they've rejoined Jesus with the food, um, we hear that the woman leaves her jar and goes back into the town. And we're looking here at verses 28 to 30. And. Um, and what happens as she rejoins this community that she's been avoiding. So we, we know that she's at the well in the middle of the day. She's not with the other women and um, that she's sort of a bit on the edge of this community. But having had this interaction with Jesus, um, she goes off back into this family and community in the town to share what she has found. Um, and I love this idea that she leaves her jar behind, that that this this conversation she's had with Jesus about living water, about something that's more important and more sustaining than um, what she's come for, which is water, the thing that we all need. Um, that, that, that sort of sunk in with her, and she's prioritizing over and above her physical needs to go into the town and tell people. Um, I think as well, perhaps she leaves her water jar so that Jesus and the disciples can make use of it, that she gives what she's got in return for what she's received. Um, but whatever it is whether it's that she wants Jesus to have a drink whether her top priority becomes telling her story she leaves her jar behind and heads straight out to go and tell her story and it's so significant isn't it that um, I told a story on Sunday about you know how um, my husband Justin when he first came to faith had this opportunity that he, he didn't feel equipped for and over and over again in scripture we see how God uses people who don't think that they're ready who don't think that they know um, to speak into situations and to be his um, presence with the people and and here right at the beginning of this journey this woman goes and uses what she's got tells her story and invites others into a relationship with jesus through that um, And I think that indicates something as well about how excited she is about what she's found out. They've just had this conversation about whether he is the Messiah that's ahead, that they've been waiting for this person who's going to bring all things back together, who's going to explain everything to them. And she wants to invite people into that. This is what they're waiting for. Uh, So then moving on to verses uh, 31 to 33, we start to have this conversation about food and the disciples offer Jesus the food that they've gone off to buy uh, and he says, I've got food that you don't know anything about and I always love it when I read this bit of scripture because I always think, what would I be like if I'd gone off to get the food and when I come back, Jesus was like, I've already got food that you don't know about Um, But in this interaction, um, in fact, Jesus is is starting to be a bit cryptic, but he's starting to take them off this understanding of physical things, a bit like he's done with the woman about the water. He's trying to say there's more to life than the practical considerations, but there's really important spiritual stuff to be dealt with here. Um, and so then in 34, he explains, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Um, and this echoes with Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, where, he's, uh, where we hear, man shall not live on bread alone but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So Jesus is focused on doing the work that God has set in motion. And um, and being present in this situation is more important than food or water. But knowing that God is at work, that that there's some drawing in here of people. um, And that's really significant and important. So then taking a look at um, verses 35 to 38, we move on from this talk about food and water to a bigger picture conversation about the harvest. Um, some people have tried to use this to sort of date the meeting, whether it sort of reflects something that was going on in the culture or um, whatever. But it, there's pretty limited evidence for this, actually, and. Um, It might be a layer of the conversation, he might be sort of reflecting back to some kind of harvest festival or something that would be going on, but um, it seems more likely that Jesus is just referring to the salvation harvest, that that although it's not the season for harvest yet, although it's not um, all completed, that he's not sort of being glorified, that that there is already a harvest to be had, that already... um, There's there's people that can be drawn into the kingdom. And much that sort of fits with the um, baptisms that were going on just before this. um, This sort of harvesting people for eternal life is Jesus starting to announce something, starting to reflect something of what his ministry is about and, and drawing people in from beyond the people of Israel. And then we get this thing about one sowing and another reaping. And there's a sense, I suppose, of unfairness about that, perhaps the unfairness that that the disciples would have felt about um, including people outside of the Jews. Um, But there's also a bit of a sense here of talking about the need for teamwork in mission and that some will plant, some will reap, that that there's an accumulation of the work that happens to, to complete the task. Um, and then as we come to um, 38, 39 to 42, sorry, um, we get this, this thing that the Samaritans believe. Um, I love this little phrase from a commentary that I read, um, that the gospel comes to us. To go through us. Um, And having had this encounter with Jesus, the woman has gone back into the town. She shared her story. And in doing that, the gospel, the good news has run through her to others, um, and people start to come out to the well to want to hear what Jesus has to say. That she's recognised in him and that he's a prophet, that he has something to say to them about God, and that people are drawn out from there is really important. Her testimony draws people to Jesus, but it's their own encounter with him um, that leads them to believe. But that her testimony is mentioned in scripture that it that it's referred to, that at first they believed because of what she had told them is really significant. It says something about how important our own stories are and how God uses our stories to bring people into their own encounters with Jesus. Um, And then it's really significant, actually, that they ask him to stay. Um, For Samaritan town to ask a Jewish rabbi to stay and teach them and speak to them, um, and for him to agree to do it is really, really unusual here. Um, But in that interaction... Um, It shows something about how important it is that the woman recognised Jesus as the Messiah and how they're willing and open to accept that, that they're looking for something. You know, so often the people that we share our stories with are searching for something and it's helping them to connect with um, the thing they're looking for with Jesus so that they can step into an encounter with him themselves. That's really important. And then Jesus is faithful to turn up and to be there with them. Um, and then we get this shift so so that they initially, they come out to Jesus and they initially believe because of what they hear from the woman. But over this course of this two days, over this encounter for themselves that they have with Jesus, then they have their own belief and they believe because of the things that he says to them. So uh, let's take a moment and go a little bit wider. OK, so as we think about going a little bit wider and what are the application points in this passage that can help us to think about our own journey? And so I'm really struck initially by that she leaves her jar behind. And whatever that is, whether it's about prioritising, sharing her story, whether it's about giving um, practically to Jesus as she uh, Receives from him. It's really significant, isn't it, that she leaves something behind and she moves into the community to share her story. And and for us, that there might be things we need to leave behind. There might be fears um, that we want that will hold us back. There might be practical things that get in the way that we need to leave behind in order to go and tell our story. Um sharing her story is really highly valued as we were just talking about that that it's recognized in scripture that it was initially the things that she had said that had drawn people to jesus and um, But then there's also this move to people having their own encounter with Jesus that causes them to really believe. And so um, that's just really important for us, isn't it? And we talked about this a bit on Sunday, that really all your story is there to do is to point people to their own encounter with Jesus. But without your story, they may not be able to make that leap. And so it's really important that we take seriously our own responsibility not to transform people's lives but to give them the stepping stones that get them to their own encounter with Jesus and then there's this this whole thing about some plant and others reap and over the past few weeks we've been um, doing the cultivate course with frank Um, and if you've been involved in that you'll remember the story about the team and um, three times during the the morning this woman is offered to be prayed for for healing and she refuses and then on the fourth time when the fourth team come along and say we'd love to pray for you she accepts and she's healed Um, and in a bit the same way sometimes we're going to tell our story and people aren't going to respond or they're not going to um, be interested in hearing perhaps but in that being faithful to have the conversations that are in front of us perhaps we're part of the journey that brings somebody into receiving that story and entering into their own story with Jesus so just encouragement really that um That whether we're just planters in the process or whether we get to reap the harvest, there is a harvest there. There are people who need to hear the stories and be called into the kingdom. Um, And our job is just to do the bit that we are called to do. And then finally, let's take this a little bit further and think about some questions for you to chat about with the people you're doing this with or to reflect on on your own. So the first question for you this week is, what is your story? That is what this week was all about, is knowing your story and being prepared to tell it. So what is your story and what would it look like as an elevator pitch? How can you get to the kernel of your story The short, snappy uh, summary of what is the difference that Jesus has made in your life. And that might be your whole story or it might be that there are little chunks that are connection points that you can recognise. Why don't you share some stories together, encourage one another, get to know one another more deeply and also practice how you would tell that story. Then next up, um, on Sunday, I spoke about making sure that your story is good news, that it's hopeful and that it points to Jesus. Um, So thinking about the stories you've just told, do they hit all of those things? Um, It's not a problem if they don't, but it's great to think about and develop the way we tell our story so that it does do those things, so that it is good news, hopeful and points to Jesus. What, do you, what might you need to change in your story to be able to do that? And then um, going a little bit further again, what is it that might hold you back? Is it um, practical things? Are you too busy? Are you fearful? Um, do you just not feel equipped? What holds you back from telling your story and what might you need to leave behind to really enter into this call to share our stories? And then finally, um, in this story we see this woman experience this real excitement and joy at this interaction that drives her to go and tell even in quite difficult circumstances Um, have you ever had an experience like that have you can you remember back to your early days of faith or something really significant that's happened that you were excited to be able to share with people this is what god has done for me Um, perhaps if you have you'd like to share that experience a bit and perhaps if you haven't pray that the holy spirit will will well up in you that joy and excitement about sharing your story and then open up opportunities for you to do that so, think um, and chat together really about how you're going to tell your story this week and look out for the opportunities to do it. It's been great to share this time with you. We will be back next week. Hopefully, uh, Steve will be back with me and we'll have that more conversational style back again. Um, but thank you for joining me. Have a great week. Look out for those opportunities and share your story. Thanks. Bye.